Hey, what do you do when you get two crazy sports fans, one from Massachusetts and one from New York? Well, don't stand in their way because they're right now going to be battling right here on 89.7. WTBR Sports Talk is on the air. Everybody and welcome to WTBR Sports Talk on a Tuesday morning. As always, Robbie Zucker and my partner in crime are there, Mr. Sean Cronin. Oh, what's going on, brother? Thank you for the waters, by the way. I think you just saved my life. Absolutely. You sound like Brenda Vaccaro here. I right? can hear it in your voice, sir. Oh, my God. <laughs> I sound like Froggy from the Three Stooges. From the Little Rascals. Not the Three Stooges. No, the Three Stooges actually the guys in the giant uniforms. Well, after all the screaming you did at the Giants on the TV this weekend, I can understand why your voice is a little hoarse, as mine is, too, from screaming at the Patriots and the Red Sox all weekend. So, yes, sir. Yeah, the only good thing was the Yankees. That's about it. The Mets are dead, and the Jets. Oh, my God, the Jets. The Jets are. I watch football teams that are better than the New York Jets. Let's, we'll talk about the poor Zach Wilson and why he shouldn't be playing now. But uh, oh, So how was your weekend, brother? <laughs> weekend was great, other than, you know, some tragic losses in the Yankee series. <laughs> I mean, I'm, th- I'm still I'm still fuming about Alex Cora right now. Yeah, that second game of the series. But I, I don't know. I think uh, analytics played a big part in that series. I, I don't think he made the calls. I think it was coming from Chaim Bloom upstairs <laughs> saying, hey, change this picture, change this picture. I hate it. I I'm hate glad, analytics. I'm glad, you, yeah, I'm glad you pronounced that right, the you know, Chaim Bloom there. Well, we talked about that, and people just say Chaim. It's, it's Chaim Bloom, yes. <laughs> right, that's right, because today is Simchas Torah. Tonight, so. <laughs> that's right. So anyway, um, so you want to start with the NFL, because I thought we'd start with the NFL on a crazy weekend. So, uh, boy, I'll tell you. The New York football giants. What an embarrassment. Between Gettleman, between Judge, who's really bad. I'm sorry. I was riding the Joe Judge bandwagon for a while. No more, folks. No more Joe Judge bandwagon. And, of course, the Clapper and, of course, Patrick Graham, who last year did a really good job. And this year, just a terrible job. And the worst is Blake Martinez out for the entire season with a torn ACL. I mean, he's the captain of that team. I thought last year he had a great year, and this year is been poor for him. He wasn't tackling particularly well, and the, t- the whole defense isn't very good. So I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this team has just got a lot of issues. This is the, a team that's 9-25 and 25 of, since 2017 at MetLife Stadium. So if you're a giant season ticket holder, hey, you're 9-25. and 25, Chances are you're probably not going to see a win at home. You got a 33% chance to see your team win. Exactly. Congratulations. So. And you got to buy those uh, seat licenses, oh, right? Oh, man. Yep. Thank you, John Mara. And uh, Joe Judge is just another leaf off the Belichick coaching tree that is just wilting slowly away. <laughs> and you know, let me just say this about Joe Judge. He comes into the Giants acting like he's Belichick, except a little bit of a sterner version of Belichick, like he's a military general. Like, none of the players are going to get jersey numbers. Uh, if the coaches uh, make a mistake, they're going to have to run laps. What kind of coach is going to want to go coach under somebody that says, oh, if you do this, you're going to have to go run laps with the players. Oh, congratulations, Joe Judge. You suck. I mean, this guy yesterday, I mean, not only the burning of timeouts by the defense, but just like, how about this play, right? You, you desperately need to win a game. You're playing the Atlanta Falcons that have given up 80 points in two games, haven't scored a point in the fourth quarter, and by the way, scored 10 in the fourth quarter, including one a field goal in the last couple of minutes as the Giants' defense just bends down the field like a bad comb. And <laughs> <laughs> remember those pocket combs, you know. Um, so <laughs> and so, like, yesterday, a typical in typical Joe Judge fashion, and this is driving me nuts, all right? Graham Gano kicked a 63-yard field goal against the Giants when he was a member of the Carolina Panthers a few years ago before they actually got smart and signed a really good kicker who's probably the best player on the team right now. Uh, besides, Daniel Jones has played well. So, fourth down and three, you've just made an incomplete pass. Actually, what you've done is on, four, on third and three, the clapper... Great call as they change the play, and he throws the ball 15 yards down the field for an incompletion. How many yards did you need? Three. How many yards did you throw? 15. 
So it's a holding penalty now. So Atlanta declines thinking, oh, maybe the Giants will go for it. I thought maybe they would put him back further. So now it's a fourth down and three at the 38-yard line. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to play coach, okay? You're Joe Judge. What do you do? You go for it, right? You go for it. Of course you go or for you it. Can, or you let Graham Gano kick a 56-yard field goal. He's perfectly capable of it. That's, that's the thing that drives me the most crazy in the NFL is when you need three yards, why do you go for 15? And you see it all the time. Oh, especially with Jason Garrett. Yeah, you schmucko. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the cleanest thing I could say on the air. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing is that when you look at this guy, it's just the, so you get the play call, it's an incomplete. So Joe just decides he's going to punt and not even give the chance. Now, if that's Bill Belichick, if you're a Belichick disciple and you've watched Belichick coach in the past, hasn't Belichick just go for it all the time? And all if you time. can't trust your team to get three yards, three yards! We're not asking for 13 or 12. We're asking for three stinking yards. God forbid Jason Garrett go, okay, we'll just flip the ball to Barkley on the third and three. They're so... They have no confidence in their running game. And we'll talk about Saquon Barkley. By the way, likes to run out of bounds. Could he become maybe the one of the worst draft picks of the last 10 years for the Giants, Saquon Barkley? I mean, number well, two overall number two pick. Overall, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that drives me crazy, I was listening to Carl Banks. I actually was listening to, to the WFAN uh, broadcast between uh, you know Carl Banks and Bob Papa, who I listen to all the time. So I have the TV on, and I have Bob and Carl on the broadcast. Carl is going ballistic because Saquon Barkley won't follow his blockers and keeps zigging and zagging to the left and the right. And every time he followed the blockers, he got was more productive as far as his yardage goes. But, I mean, he kept running out of bounds. I thought I was watching Franco Harris. I mean, it was ridiculous. He kept running out of bounds. I'm going, why doesn't he go up the field? What's he doing? I mean, he had room to go up the field and get more yards. He could have gotten five, six more yards, and he's running out of bounds. And I'm going, well, I know he had an ACL tear, so he's not going to take a chance. I mean... I mean, come on, man. You either play the game right or you don't play the game right. Skipping out of bounds. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I have to thank you very much, by the way, for the Giants being on TV. Because the Giants were on my TV, I had to go somewhere to watch my Patriots lose by 15 points, which was a miserable game. Yeah, well, they, at least they lost to a good team. I mean, we lost to the Atlanta Falcons, who probably will finish last in that division. I mean, there's a couple of sequences that bother me about this game. First of all, let's look at the offense, okay, of this team, all right? Okay. This team... The play calling and, the, and a lot of it's execution, but like for example, like Jason Garrett, like there's a situation where the Giants need they're they're second and one driving down the field, I think, in the last couple of minutes of the game, and they throw a flare pass to the outside for a loss. Then here comes another snap, and it's Nate Solder who should be not on this team. I'm sorry, I've seen enough. Let the kid from Connecticut play or whoever they got play guard. I'd rather or play tackle. I'd rather see a young guy screw up and learn than see a guy who got more money than any offensive lineman in the history of, of football and then takes a pay cut who stunk when he was with the Patriots from the left side. Now he stinks from the right side. Can we just end this? You know this 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 uh, relationship between the Giants and Nate Solder, please. So Solder gets beat by a guy half his size, so now they lose 10 yards, and now it's third and 19. So what, is, what do the Giants do? Instead of trying to throw the ball down the field, which they never do, they throw the ball down the field. No, they throw a flare pass to Barkley for 10, and here comes Dixon with two minutes in the game, or less than two minutes, kicks the ball into the end zone. Hey, Dixon, do you think you might kick the ball out of bounds and put him a little further back? No. Get the ball in the 25 First two plays from scrimmage for Atlanta. 23 yards and 28 yards. If you watch the Giants miss 40 million tackles, you can't make it up with this team. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Every year it's the same garbage. Anyway, we do have a call-on show here, by the way. As, <laughs> as if we didn't know, 413-445-42-344-413-445-4234. The defense has been awful. Absolutely awful. I mean, just giving up big plays all the time. Big plays all the time. But you know what? When your team only gives up 17 points, you're supposed to win. It's not that the Giants' defense played lousy. It's when they play lousy, which was when they're up 14-7. I mean, the Giants make a good drive. They get down the field. It's just, and, they, and they finally score. Barkley goes in for, for a touchdown. And then Daniel Jones shows you how gutsy this kid is, and he knocks over a defensive lineman into the end zone for a two-point conversion, which I didn't think was the right call at the time. would have worked out for them. So up 14-7. But I'll go back to the first two drives by the Giants. Actually, the first two out of three. They drive the ball beautifully down the field. First and goal from the eight-yard eight line. Hey, Jason Garrett, can you run the damn ball once in your life? Can you go down the field and just run the ball? Run the ball. Yay. <laughs> clap on, clap off. It's the clapper. That's right. I mean, 
can we fire the clapper? Can we just actually do something to just shake this team up a little bit? Anyway, so I would I would trade Jason Garrett for Josh McDaniels right now. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, but Josh Josh McDaniels has a better resume. Let's be honest. I mean, except for his coaching prowess in Denver, I mean, he still has a pretty good resume. He has a couple of Super Bowl rings. His his, his his resume is Tom Brady. Well, of course. You know, but, but he is also responsible for drafting Tim Tebow 22nd That's overall right. with Denver. Ex- exactly. And, and Belichick looks like a genius now. The genius. Well, without Tom Brady, I don't look like a genius. But anyway, so yeah. So let's go back to the first drive. So then uh, so then the next play is a holding penalty uh, on the Giants. Actually, no, it's a sack because Andrew Thomas and, and, the, uh, and the center can't block the fill-in center. I'm trying to remember his name, but um, they can't block. So now, so now Jones is sacked for an 11-yard loss. So now it's third down. And then they throw a pass, and it's incomplete, so now they have to settle for a Graham Gano field goal. They had first and goal at the eight. I cannot believe that Jason Garrett was hired by this team. Didn't anybody watch 10 years of lousy red zone offensive calls with the Dallas Cowboys, or am I crazy? 10 years of 8-8, eight and 7-9. Eight, and nine. Yeah, so he was horrible at the red zone. So when they, when they hired him, I went ballistic. I, I called up WFAN that day, and I went, I said, how in the world did they hire this guy? I think it was Joe and Evan and stuff. And I think Joe and they both said, well, he's a good offensive mind. He's a good. I said, what are you kidding me? Did you watch the last 10 years of Dallas Cowboy football in the red zone? Are you blind? I mean, I was like, what's going on here? You know, so that was just ridiculous. And then the following sequence, they get there and they're ready to, to go in again. First down and goal at the 12-yard line. And once again, you know, Daniel Jones this time fumbles the ball, and they're all the way back. So now they have to settle for another field goal. So in the first two sequences out of three, they've settled for six points. And now, here comes Atlanta at the end of the half. So what do they do? Bang. Soon as you see him, right? Seven points down the field at the end of the half. And then the great, man, this guy is so bad. They should cut him too. Evan Ingram makes one catch, then he makes another catch. And as, as Evan Ingram can only do, Fumbles the football. So now Atlanta's got the ball at the 36-yard line. And Aziz Azalari, he's actually had three sacks for the first three games. It looks like he's going to be a pretty good player. Gets the fumble. Giants, of course, sit on the football with seven seconds. They don't even decide that they're actually going to take a shot down the field with seven seconds. They knee on the football. And here comes, well, we got a phone call right now. So let's see who it is right here as here at, at 89.7. So we're going to the phones. And all right, Cole, you're on the air. Hi, what's going on? WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Z, what's going on? This is Jerry from Florida. Hey, what's up, Gerard? What's going on, buddy? How are you? Good. What's going on with yourself? Well, not too bad. I guess uh, your Dolphins had a pretty good game, except they lost in overtime, but they came back. So, anyway, not too much going on. Yeah, Just, I'm, uh, I'm not expecting big things from them without uh, without a quarterback. Even when two was in there, they, they didn't look great. And, and I don't I don't think they lost anything with Brissett. I think they are who they are. I think they'll be a, you know... Six and eleven type of team, seven and nine type of team, but boy, you're Giants. Well, you, know, you know what's funny is, is the Giants, the Giants, and the Giants fans seem to think they're, they're, you know, they're superior to the Jets. But I was looking at it over the last five years; they've got an identical, like eighteen fifty nine record. It's just awful. The Browns have a better record than the Giants do over the last five years. So do the Jets, which is amazing. It's amazing. So uh, yeah, I'm not getting yeah, on Stanton I, anymore. <laughs> No, no, you're not getting on Stanton. That's true. But, you, you know, I, why in the world did they not try a 56-yard field goal? I mean, I, I, I don't know what... I what just mentioned that to Sean. Yeah, or just go for it. Just crazy. And this thing with Barkley, too, like when they drafted him, I was beating the drum that you do not take a quarterback second overall. I don't care how good they are. Not when you needed a quarterback because Eli Manning was old. And, uh, you know, even, even Barkley turned out to be a great quarterback. Uh, right 2,000 yeah. yards this rookie year, and they won five ball games. Right. right. They, they, draft, they drafted Barkley to protect Eli Manning's feelings. That's why. <laughs> no, they drafted Barkley because they thought Eli was going to have another year because Gettleman said, oh, let's keep Eli and see if we can make another run. Yeah, so uh, it's just going to be a tough year for, for the Giants and the Jets. And, uh, again, I don't expect much, much from the Dolphins, but I wouldn't even talk about the Mets because, uh, they, they, to me, they're not even a major league franchise. But the Yankees, well, you know me all year, Robbie. I've been telling you, you got to have faith in this team. This is a good team. Uh, they, they seem to be hitting their stride at the right time. I mean, you, know, you take two or three from Toronto here, and you're in great shape. But uh, I think they're, they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Stanton has been amazing. 
you know, Judge is terrific. I, I like their chances. I think if they can get into, you know, they get into this wild card game, they beat Boston. I, I think they have as good a chance as anybody. I'm not, I'm not scared. Well, of no, I think not. I think you make a good point. I think the thing that that's bodes well for the Yankees is their bullpen, especially with Sevy and Weisinger coming back, and they have a strong bullpen. They have the best pen I think right now in Major League Baseball, and they found something in Clay Holmes. And by the way, yep. boy. I'll tell you, they bailed out. They Stanton and Judge bailed out Boone the other night because Clay Holmes comes in, he throws eleven pitches, nine strikes, strikes out the side, and Boone comes out and takes him out at the next inning. I was like, yeah. "What are you doing, man?" <laughs> I was going ballistic. So, so frustrating. And, and he put in Rodriguez too. If you're going to put somebody in, don't put that guy in. Especially, yeah, especially when Rodriguez isn't good against right-handed pitching, it made no sense. I mean, he's basically a lefty specialist, so that made no sense to me at all. You know. So did you see? Did you I, I, I really like their chances, though. I think I think that you know, you know me. All year I've been telling you, I think they're, they're I think they're a great club. I think, you know, it's not about being the best; it's about being the hottest. And if they can go win hot like this, and they can hit, then uh, you know, look out. I think uh, the sky's the limit for them. The sports world needs a Red Sox Yankees wild card playing game. Oh, absolutely! A Chris Sale, Chris business. Sale, Garrett Cole. It would just be for one day. They would that would be baseball would be the forefront of the sports universe, which we need. The sport needs it. Oh, that yeah, would no, just be unbelievable if we could get that. Oh, it's, speaking it's of good for business, what I what I was hoping too was I don't know why the Red Sox. I don't know why Cora pitched sales against the Mets. The Mets are putrid. He should have held him back today for the Yankee series. That made no sense. That drove me crazy that he did that. Absolutely, the Mets are terrible. He could have he could have gone with a bullpen game if he wanted to and save sale. No, how does Core not walk Stanton though in the eighth inning when he hits the when he hits the home run with first base open? How does that work? Who was on deck? Was Judge on deck? Judge was on second, and Judge got a double to oh. drive into. It became four three Red Sox. So first oh, base right, is open. Finger, and I just yeah. can't figure out why Stanton wasn't walked intentionally. How, how does Cora pull Tanner Houck to to have? Uh, Darwin's and Hernandez come in to face Rizzo with Stanton on deck. These are two pitchers that throw a lot of walks, and you know, and, and Hernandez is a lefty, and you have that stupid three batter minimum, which it just Rob Manfred he is the worst it. commissioner Wait, in sports. Likes the worst it. commissioner. Wait, Gerard likes Gerard. Explain. I, I actually oh. like him. You like this? I, okay. Yeah. okay. He also likes the seven inning doubleheader. Wait to hear this. <laughs> I, I, I like the three batter minimum because it, it got to a point that it was. The, it was so ludicrous the amount of pitching changes, especially in September with the September call-ups. Games are taking four and a half hours. I mean, every righty lefty matchup. So I don't mind it. I mean, it, it, the way the game is played today, I, I don't love it. Let's say it. I mean, if this was 1980, I don't love it. But the way the game is played today with all the matchups, something had to be done. And these managers are just well. Wow, then they're going to they're going to have to start they're going to have to start managing better then because Cora made a huge mistake, and I don't think Cora made that made that. Call. I think it was analytics that came up from the from up top. Oh, Chaim Bloom said, "Hey, Cora, put in the lefty to try to get Rizzo out." And <laughs> nice then, to hear a Gentile speak and say, "Chaim." Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. That I, series just—I I, I, I lost. I, I pulled all the hair out of my head watching that game. That just—just the analytics of baseball drives me crazy. I don't like the three batter minimum, and I don't like seven inning double headers. But that's—that's that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I didn't coin this phrase, but I agree with you 100% the analytics. But someone said they trust their iPad more than they trust their eyes, which is just absurd. I mean, baseball still has a feel. It's got a pulse. It's got a life. And you got, you, you know, you got to go with your gut sometimes. But these, today's managers don't. I know Robbie, he hates Boone, and he's always, you know, he, he wants the guy fired. But I just, I just don't know if he does anything different than any other manager. He doesn't. That's why, seeing, that's why I love That's why I love seeing uh, the White Sox bring in seventy-six-year-old Tony Larusa because he's about as old school as it gets. You know, I, I haven't watched much of the White Sox this year. Is he managing by the seat of his pants, or is he? Is he? Uh, he is. mostly, mostly, and he's gelling with the young guys, which they said was going to be a big problem because the White Sox have a lot of personalities. You know, Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, yeah. and they said Larusa always had. He didn't really gel with the young guys, and it seems like they all love him. And yeah, good, good for him. He could stay. He could stay out of jail with DUI. That's right. If he could, if he could stay out of the bars, exactly. So how's your buddy? How's your buddy Jimmy Key doing, man? Uh, he's doing well. We had dinner a couple of weeks ago. He's doing really nice. well. He's you a nice guy. Should, should tell Very us to call up. guy. You wouldn't even know he was a professional ball player. Yeah, amazing. And Dan, Danny Valencia, is he still telling people he can't hit against the shifter? <laughs> George's good friends with you, Danny, you know, so. I know him because you believe this. You may may not believe this. He's actually on my softball team. I play on a Wednesday night men's league. He's on my softball. Yeah, yeah. I know you played on, on the softball. Yeah. <laughs> so he dials it back though because he could kill someone the way he throws the ball. So he'll dial it back. But yeah, he's he, he's a nice guy. He's a yeah, I know. Guy. He's, I know he was playing for the Israeli national team for a while. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, yeah, he he played for about six teams in the major leagues, and I think uh, I don't know if he, he just didn't, didn't catch on with the team or he's officially done. But he couldn't. Make, he said he couldn't make the uh, the American team, but he played for the for the Israeli national team this past year. So he's a really nice guy. He's a good guy. So you ready for hockey, man? The Islanders, the Islanders played the yeah. preseason, beat the Rangers. I mean, it's preseason. The Rangers are playing a lot of kids that probably won't make the roster, but. With the Giants playing like crap, and you know who knows what the Yankees are going to do, I'm all ready for for hockey season pretty soon. One of my friends says, "No, to me, I, I can't, I can't wait." I mean, I, listen, they signed uh, Char, which I think is, is a nice move. I mean, he's, I think he's still got something left. I think he's, he's 55 now. <laughs> Char yeah. signed with the I mean, Islanders. They, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they signed. He something when they signed. They signed uh, Zach Parisi. So I know you were crazy about Parisi, though. Yeah. Well, you, you know what? He's I like a him. player, but I mean. He scored seven goals last year, so he's not going. He's not going to do much offensively, which is what the Islanders need. They're a defensive team. They need somebody to put the puck right. in the head. But listen, I like his bloodlines. I was a big fan of his dad. So, uh, but they're bringing back essentially. I the wasn't same in '75. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. It'll be, listen, the divisions will be aligned better. I mean, the, the Rangers will have a better shot. They won't be in that gauntlet of the division they were in last year. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I, they don't have to play eight games against Boston like they did in that crazy yeah. COVID division last year. Seriously, I don't know what's going on with Jack Eichel. I guess he's he's got more injuries. That poor guy. I tell you, he's, he's not tradable now with back issues and stuff. And Buffalo really got no. they've gotten screwed. But with his uh, injuries and everything, it's just, it's a shame what happened, you know. So, but because uh, he's got but a lot yeah, of talent. Yeah, let me get back to work. You sound great, Rob. Hope thanks, you buddy. Better. And, hey, Jared. Uh, thanks, man. The rest of the hour. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Thanks for calling. All right. All Take right, care. Send regards to everybody. Oh, you got it, bro. That's right there. Yeah, my buddy Jerry, we grew up together in, uh, in, in Porchester, Rybrook there in New York. And in fact, Gerard's dad, may he rest in peace, had a three-fingered glove. He's the only guy I ever knew to play with a three-fingered glove. My dad had a four-fingered glove. He's a poor Dolphins fan and, yeah, a, poor, yeah. and a Mets fan. And a Mets Jeez, fan, yeah. Mets what a combo. Yeah, he's a diehard Mets. He's like the old, and a diehard Islander fan. In fact, he's the only guy I know that was a really a true Islander fan. Because when I was a kid growing up, you know, I was a diehard Ranger fan from the time I was a kid. And when I was in high school in the 80s, if you were a Ranger fan, you were suffering because the Islanders won four straight cups during my years in high school. And I used to get made fun of and picked on and got into fights with, you know, my friends that bandwagoned the Islanders as, as uh, championship teams. So, uh, yeah, I thought, I, th- I thought that was funny that he said the Mets aren't even considered a major league franchise. Well, they got Steve Cohen. Would you consider him maybe the most polarizing owner in sports, this billionaire? And, you know, he goes on Twitter and posts comments saying, uh, our, you know, lineups should have better OPSs than we have. There's your favorite stat, by the way, Robbie, OPS. Oh my but God. he goes on and just blasts his players on Twitter. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any other he owners should bl- that do you know that. What? But... He should blast himself, and I'll tell you why, okay? Well, he's like he's trying to be George Steinberg. Well, the Lindor, what he's trying to do, the Lindor but... trade didn't have to happen. When it happened, it could have happened. That's fine. They made the Lindor trade. Everybody was happy. Oh, they got Lindor, you know, and they got and you know they got a good pitcher in Carrasco, who's barely ever pitched for this for them this season. But the interesting thing is that they could have waited to resign him, and he was you know all the pressure of the media. Oh, we got to sign Lindor, a big contract. Meanwhile, there's five shortstops coming out next year that I think are just as good, if not better, than Lindor. They had a chance to get George Springer. They didn't sign him. They had a chance to go out and and sign and grab JT Riamuto from the Phillies, right, and get him away from a division rival. And they went and signed James McCann to a forty million dollar contract. James McCann, who had one halfway all right season with the White Sox, a career two thirty hitter. And they give him $10 million a year. I mean, who's making decisions? Who's Sandy Alderson. And I think supposedly Alderson's supposed to be back. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's rumors that they're trying to get Billy Bean and uh, Bob Melvin away from the A's. But Billy Bean, he had a chance to leave the A's once. The Red Sox threw, threw basically a blank check at him. You look at him, you know, and then uh, he said, "No, I'm going to stay in Oakland." He's not. He's he has ownership stake with the A's. He's not going to leave to go to the Mets. What did Billy Bean ever do besides win one playoff game against? You know, the Minnesota, the doormats of the playoffs. You know, the Yankees just stomp all of them. I mean, what did he ever do? I mean, it's ridiculous. Moneyball, moneyball. Uh, yeah, big deal. Yeah. 445 uh, 4234413445. You see that real fast. 445-4234. Can't we just go like 413-445-2000 or something like that, you know? <laughs> Has to be the you got to do that like the uh, stuttering thing. Anyway, we're going to take this time out, and uh, we'll be back with more WTBR Sports Talk, and uh, we'll talk about the uh, baseball, we'll talk about uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox and the crazy weekend, and I'm sure uh, uh, Sean wants to talk about his Patriots. So we'll be back after these commercial messages. Be right back. Begins in ten, nine, eight. Oh, wait a minute. Eight. 
Again? Eight. Dude, what the fuck? Who is this guy? Three, two, one. Have you ever dreamed of being a radio DJ, spinning your favorite vinyl, CDs, and MP3s? Have you ever wanted to share conversations with interesting guests with the community? Then the WTBR-FM Programming Committee wants to hear from you. We are now accepting proposals for new programs. For more information, visit WTBRFM.com or call 445-4234. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep traps with limited commercial interruption. Impressive. Most impressive. TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR After Hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR, and also available on podcast. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Pritchard County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Tired of the same old, same old on the radio? Hi, I'm Hannah. Each week I search the archives for hidden gems from your favorite artists, plus all the latest releases and rock trivia. Please join me for Deep Cuts Thursdays, 4 to 6, at 89.7 WTBR-FM. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live, uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, Tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. 89.7 WTBR-FM Pittsfield. This will send shockwaves around the world. Okay, all righty, let's play some tunes. WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker, Sean Cronin here on a Tuesday as our usual time slot at 10 o'clock. Uh, talking about everything under the sun here. Patriots, Giants, Yankees, and Red Sox. I know I know, Sean wants to talk about the Patriots. So uh, 445-4234, our number to call. Hey, said that pretty well there. <laughs> yeah, right. 4234. I always go Mariano Nolan Ryan. 413-445. Mariano Nolan Ryan. Anyway, man, take it away. I know you want to talk about the Pats because... Uh, Tough weekend for the Pats, uh, and Belichick, great answers as always, right? Well, we uh, we had a lot to improve on. Uh, there's there's things we did well, but there's things that we didn't do well. It's and, pretty good. Uh, and uh, um, next, uh, we're on to uh, Tampa Bay. We're on to Tampa Bay. No, I thought the Patriots, uh, I, I did not at all understand their offensive game plan this week. Uh, Mac Jones has averaged about 4.6 yards in the air per completion so far the, the first two weeks of the season. They haven't really gone down the field. They've been pretty conservative with them. And so what does Josh McDaniels do the first play of the game? He has Mac Jones throw the ball downfield 25 yards. Incompletion. Second play of the game has him throw the ball downfield about 20 yards. Incompletion. Meanwhile, the offensive line are basically movie theater turnstiles. He gets hit. He gets hit 11 times in the first half. Throw and, and he 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 was poised under pressure. He looked good, but I don't understand Josh McDaniels. If I had three thumbs down for the offense this week, the three thumbs down would be Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, and Josh McDaniels. He abandoned the run game after one drive. They ran the ball twice for six yards. Abandoned the run game. Uh, it, it just uh, defensively they were good up front. They, the pass rush was solid, but our secondary is pathetic. Our offensive line is pathetic. 
And and the thing is, it's it's actually pretty great that you know Mac Jones is the focal point of the Patriots right now. Everybody says Mac Jones, Mac Jones. That's what everybody's focusing on. But there are so many holes on this team. He is covering up the holes. People aren't paying attention to all the problems that we have. And I. <laughs> I don't know. He looked good in the second half. He threw his first interception of the game because he was squashed between two uh, linebackers and the ball just kind of slipped out of his hands. And then our prized tight ends. We paid $56 million guaranteed for Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. And Jonu Smith, the first pass of the second quarter, right at him, right into his breadbasket, slipped out of his hands for pick six. So the tight ends get an F minus grade for me for the week. I thought the tight ends were going to be the strength in the you know of, of the Patriots. That's you know? what they were supposed to be. It was like, wow, we have two tight ends again. It's like the days of Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Right, two right. tight ends set, two tight end set. You've seen nothing. They've been hurt, and when they've been on the field, they've been unproductive. Nelson Aguilar, our big off uh, big off season free agent signing from the Raiders, who had a uh, big. Uh, Big year last year. He's had bricks for hands. You know, that's always been the thing with him, the case of the dropsies. Our best receiver has been Jacoby Myers, who is an undrafted free agent. Wasn't who, that a law firm? <laughs> did, well, that was Ben Jarvis Green Ellis was our old running back. The, the yeah. Jacoby and Myers. Jacoby and Myers. But he nine catches for ninety four yards this week. I mean, undrafted free agent. And do you think they're do you think unlike the Jets that the Patriots now I, I've said this before that you want to put a rookie quarterback in a position to win and not try to make him the, the you know the the point uh you know that's going to be the top you know point and so far as winning games and so forth. So you put him in a position to actually play him a little bit more conservative. Do you think the Patriots have been way too conservative at this point? I think they were way too conservative the first two weeks and I think that they completely flipped the script on Sunday and went the exact opposite route and just made him throw the ball 45 times and completely abandoned the running game. You want to, and, and they were trying like play action passes. Play action doesn't work if you don't run, run the, the ball. ball. Right, right. You have to run the ball to make play action happen. And I'm watching these play calls and I was watching with my friend Matt and, and we're both going, what the heck is McDaniels doing with these play calls? It made no sense. And, you know, if you want Mac Jones to feel comfortable throwing the ball down the field, put him in the shotgun. He was lined up in the I form half the time, which is a running, you know, formation for right, the most right, part. And right. I was just bewildered by some of the play calls they made. But I tell you, Mac Jones, he looks the part. He looks like because he took some hits and he got right back up. But I think they have to design the right plays around him. And I think McDaniel's tries to be too much of the hey, look at me, I'm the whiz kid. Look at all these trick plays I can design. Like two weeks ago, they did a flea flicker, which actually paid off. But I'm like, you didn't need to do that because he had him in the gun. He flipped the ball over to the running back and flipped it back to him. I'm like, if he didn't flick the ball to the running back, he would have had a guy open 40 yards downfield. I just McDaniel's tries to get too cute with the playbook sometimes, and it's just why don't you just run a regular offense? Just Give the ball to Damian Harris. Let him run the ball up the gut for four yards. Stevenson's a big boy. Stevenson's a big boy. He yeah. hasn't. He's basically been redshirted so far, which I don't understand because he had an outstanding preseason. I mean, he just runs guys over. He reminds me of Corey Dillon. Right, right. He's just a beast. And Damian Harris has had some great runs this year. And they lost James White, which is just a total killer. I and mean, he lost him to a hip, and he's been great this year. He's a he's a reliable third down. He's a reliable yeah. third down guy right. that can catch the ball out of the backfield. That's field. what the Giants don't have. And they had they had uh, what's it called? They had uh, um, Gallman last year. And he was terrific. And and they, they, he's not even playing for the Giants, so it's crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, the Patriots still have thirteen running backs on the roster. Let me ask the, you this: The Patriots are supposed to have a good defense this season. What happened yesterday, though? I mean, they scored some points. New Orleans, New Orleans has a good offense. Let's be honest. But I mean, what happened to the giant, to the Patriot defense yesterday? Well, the, the biggest buzzkill right now for the Patriots defense is Stephon Gilmore is on the injured list, and so they have J.C. Jackson as their number one corner. Now, J.C. Jackson is another undrafted player, undrafted player that he's been solid, but you don't want him as your number one. And they signed Jalen Mills from the Eagles, who. Uh, couldn't stop a flea. I mean, he just he can't cover anybody, and he should be a safety. He should be like in the backfield with McCordy. He shouldn't be the number two cornerback on the team. But that's what they've gone to, and their pass rush has been pretty strong. They got uh, uh, Matt Janot from Baltimore, who's been he's been everything they paid for and more. He's been great. Their their front seven has been strong, but they can't stop the run, which has been their problem the last two years. And they can't defend the pass down the field. I mean, they're they're good in the middle. Down the right, middle, right. they're good. But uh, Jameis Winston just picked apart their secondary. 
Jameis Winston, the he of the 30-30 club two yes. years ago, the 30 <laughs> like touchdowns, the 30 picks. I like how he threw the ball up for, for a touchdown. He basically put his hand over his eyes and went like this as he was falling down, and the, and the ball went in the end zone, and they caught it for a touchdown. But, yeah, I'm surprised about Belichick, you know, that they haven't been a little bit more run-oriented, especially in this game, like you said. But I love his comments after the game when they, when the, you know he throws two interceptions and he says to them, so what did you see? And he just sits there and he's just like, I guess the same thing you guys did, you know. That's what he said, uh, well, you know. Well, he, he he's he's a good quarterback. He's he's strong. <laughs> yeah. So monotone and he played, boring. He plays the game well. Yeah, I still think they'll turn around. And you know, next week should be interesting. As the, uh, the Brady Tampa know, Bay coming to town. Right? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. He um, wants to. Did you see? He wants to uh, signatureize that. So that's his own thing. He wants to call it Tampa Bay. I'm I I, I got to so be honest sick with you. Of Tom Brady. I, I, I'm so sick of Tom Brady. I'm having Brady. Uh, I'm I'm getting sick of Tom Brady. Brady burgers. Just you know, the funny thing is, I rooted so much against the Patriots. Next week, I will be rooting hard for the Patriots to sack his rear end. I mean, I'm so sick of it. And Gronkowski too. It's like enough. Could you guys please retire? You have enough Super Bowl rings, please. Enough. You can, you can enough go to the game. Ready. We can go to the game if you want for the cheap price of four hundred and seventy-seven dollars for a uh, third deck ticket. Wow! Thank you, Robert Kraft. I appreciate that fine uh, discount. That's amazing. I know. Uh, the prices of the prices of tickets are insane. I mean, really. I mean, I remember Sue and I going down to Yankee Stadium like what, um, just three four years ago. We went Jeter it was Jeter's last week before he retired, and we had upper deck seats, and they were, they were fairly expensive too. And uh, I remember going and getting two hot dogs and two sodas, twenty dollars. You didn't sit in the Legend Suites for what twelve hundred dollars a ticket down there, at Yankee Stadium? No, no way. You know, I've sat I've sat in great seats. I mean, when I was a kid, I had World Series. You know, tickets. My father and I used to go to World Series games. I had great seats. I sat right near the dugout one time or close to the field one time with a buddy of mine during the uh, uh, A's Yankee series years ago. Yeah, it's just it, the ticket prices are ridiculous. It's all greed, man. It's all it's all what it is. So 413-445-4234, your number to call here on WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker, Sean Cronin right here in our usually Tuesday slot at 10 o'clock. And uh, you can give us a call, and we'll talk a little bit about whatever you want to do. But uh, I know Sean wants to focus on this uh, weekend series, too, between the Yankees and the Red Sox as well. I, I was shocked that the Red Sox only scored nine runs in three games against the Yankees. And the Yankees played great. Stanton was great, and Judge was great, and you know LeMayu even chipped in. And uh, the pitching was great. I mean, the, Nestor Cortez pitched well, and obviously Cole was you know Cole, but he wasn't perfect as Cole, but he was still pretty damn good. Nestor the mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like Super Mario Brothers, he looks like. But, uh, but yeah, and then, of course, uh, you know, the day after, I mean, they also got another good pitching performance uh, from, from Monty. So even though he only gave you – well, he gave you actually six innings. So, But Boone will drive me crazy, like I was talking to Gerard about before. Like, here comes Clay Holmes, and I'm watching the game, and he's got – what, 11 pitches, nine strikes, strikes out the side, and I'm going, they better bring him in there, you know, bring him back in there. And I'm listening to the, the announcers, and they said, oh, you know, we're definitely going to bring him back in. Why not? And I think I was listening to A-Rod on the broadcast on ESPN. And I said, Joe, they're going to bring him back in and everything. And all of a sudden, Clay Holmes is on the mound. I'm thinking, oh, there, there you go. You're going to use him again. And next thing you know, he brings out another guy. He brings out you know, Rodriguez, who's terrible, terrible against right-handed pitching. And, of course, he gives up a, a hit. The next thing you know, they're, they're making an error. And then how about the errors? How about, how about these errors that cost both the Yankees and the Red Sox, especially the Dahlbeck dropping the ball before the Stanton home run? And then you got LeMayu dropping the ball, who actually made two fantastic fielding plays. And then Joey Gallo decides he's going to be Butterfingers, and he drops the ball. And they, 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 the Red Sox score around. It's like... You can't make it up with these errors and everything. It was ridiculous. I mean, so there was a lot of errors that cost the Red Sox and the Yankees, but the Yankees, you know, despite the errors and despite Boone's stupidity, you know, they come up in the eighth inning, and here comes Judge, and you think it's a strikeout with two guys on. I'm going, oh, no, here comes Stanton. And first base was open. I'm looking at Cora going, why isn't he walking Stanton with a, with, with an empty base? I could not believe it after being so hot. So, I don't think Cora managed that series. I think Chaim Bloom, I'll say it again, managed that series. And it goes back to the second game. And I'll say it again. You got Anthony Rizzo coming up to the plate. Tanner Houck could, could calm down. He walked a couple guys to start the game. I'd rather have Tanner Houck facing Giancarlo Stanton. And they bring in Darwins and Hernandez, the left-handed pitcher, to face Rizzo with the three-batter minimum that we talked about a minute ago. And he's got more walks and strikeouts on the freaking season. And I just, I'm pulling my hair out watching this game with my dad. And then Stanton comes up, and Cora goes out to talk to, to Hernandez, which doesn't happen. Managers don't usually go out to talk to the pitcher, they usually go out to pull him. And, you know, I can only imagine what Cora was saying. Throw the 
ball over the plate, you know, to, right, to, right, right. to hold my language in here, you know. <laughs> and what does he do? Promptly throws a 95-mile-an-hour pitch delay. Right, right down the middle of the plate, to, you know, for a grand slam. And I just said, oh. I, I just, I, I lost it. I said, time to turn the channel. I couldn't handle it anymore. And my, my buddy Kevin and I were texting back and forth, and he's a big Yankee fan. He goes, oh, come on. There's still a lot of game left. Hey, we got a phone call here. All right, let's go to the phones. All right, here. Okay, caller on WTBR Sports Talk. Who am I talking to? This is the dog. The dog? Is like- this is this the dog? Like, the, as in, like, the dog? Like, the Larkinland dog pound dog? This is the Larkinland dog from the Larkinland dog pound. This is Kevin Larkin, our, a, a local author of baseball and one of my good buddies and a, a diehard Yankee fan. So, Robbie, you guys will get along oh, very well. Oh, there you well. go. There you go. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice weekend, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got to tell you, Mr. Cronin, because I respect him. Oh, yeah. Has brought up, brought up some very good points on baseball. Um, he's right when he says... The Yankees and the Red the baseball needs the Yankees and the Red Sox in a playoff game. Agreed. Although I wish it was possible that they, it, it would be a seven game series instead of a instead of a um, just game, a one yeah. game series because we all know what happens to the Red Sox when the Yankees come in for one game. Um, I don't want to hear the words Bucky Dent. Okay, please just don't say well, those guys, words. Wait, you guys weren't even alive when that happened. I was, okay? He was. <laughs> oh, you were. Oh, you were. Okay. So I shouldn't have assumed that. Yeah, you were. Okay, so I, I remember that very well. Anyway, go on. I, I As a matter of fact, I got uh, detention at school because I skipped class to watch it. But how, how, anyway, how, how, how old were you? 17. Oh, oh, wow, you're older than I am. Good. I, good wow, I was, I, what was I? I was 13 in 78. Years, I am so. a grizzled veteran. <laughs> that he is. And, um, but it, it needs to, and it's healthy when both teams are playing good. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go back and forth and argue all we want, but it's the best, and baseball needs this right now because I made a prediction the other day because on, on, I have a show on WSBS, I made a prediction that I don't think we're going to see baseball next year. Because of the collective think. bargaining agreement. Exactly. You know, we got millionaires and billionaires arguing over money, and they're it's both ridiculous. used to getting their own way. And they don't. The, the owners don't trust the players. The players don't trust the owners. But it's got. It's got to stop. I mean, this has got. It's ridiculous, you know. And the union is so powerful. That's why we don't have the salary cap in baseball. That's why you have the Pittsburgh Pirates of the world, you know. So, you, you know, I, I don't even know what the answer is. But, you know, after the past couple of years that we've been through, I, I don't think baseball can afford to. Um, to afford to have a work stoppage. No, they I mean, can't. You know, and and I think they're going to lose big time if they do. I think one of the things that they're focusing on, which which I guess has been the problem, is that when rookies <laughs> sign with clubs and so forth, they want expect more money like they do in the NFL, they do in the NBA, and so forth. And even in, you know, it's not so much in the NHL, but you know, that's uh, that's been a problem for for Major League Baseball, and that's what they're bargaining now for. I believe is the is that young players that are drafted either in college and so forth are supposed to get more money, and that's what they want. They want basically the same thing as the NFL does and the same thing as the uh, NBA does. But you know what? And guys you, don't get paid, you know, in baseball till they're 30. Right. I mean, right. sometimes, like, you know, they have to go through the arbitration process and sometimes with the way they can manage their, their service time in yeah. the minor leagues. Yeah. They want more money up front, and they should get more money up front. Yeah, but the only people they're screwing are the fans. I mean, the fans are getting the, the well, ones being you know neglected by this. And, and and you know, and how much can the fans really take at this point? You know. Well, I don't think it's just the fans that are getting screwed. Um, you got to remember the vendors. Well, of course, the, absolutely. The intent, you know, you know all that stuff. I went to a ball game at Yankee Stadium this year. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> and um, yeah. I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> because I know where you live. Yeah. Oh boy, now you're big Love you too, Kevin. And I will tell tonight. you it, and I know Sean that you've been you've been to Yankee Stadium and you know what it's like on River Avenue. Oh yeah. Not one person, not one kiosk 
You had no problem getting a seat in stands, the Yankee Tavern, Billy's, the Hard Rock Cafe, anything. Stands is one of my favorite uh, rival uh, bars to go to. And I'll never forget the last time I went there was a Red Sox-Yankees game, and they started playing Sweet Caroline. Oh, God. And right and right as it goes, hands, touching hands, reaching out, and then the record skips, goes, Zzzz! and the DJ goes, just kidding. I'd like to reach out to you. Yeah, I sure you would. How is it possible that a guy who went to Erasmus High School in Brooklyn, Neil Diamond, is like this popular singer in Boston, using that ridiculous song? I never could figure that out, but I'm not even going to talk about it. The, the Red Sox are losing seven to three in the in the in the top of the eighth inning or the top of the seventh inning the other night. And Lou Merloni, who played for them for a long time, is a, is a radio broadcaster now. He goes, "Can't wait to hear Sweet Caroline at the bottom of the seventh. They'll play it when they're losing eighteen to three. They'll play Sweet Caroline, and the fans get into it. I am so sick and tired of that." That's well, got, that know, sweet Caroline's got to go. She's got to leave. Get out of get out of my ballpark, please. Yeah, but you know it's kind of like down in um, at Yankee Stadium. If the Yankees win, they play New York, New York, sung by Frank Sinatra. Yeah, but that makes sense. Yeah, but that's when they win. The Red Sox play Sweet Caroline whether they're winning by ten or losing by ten. It doesn't matter. It's it's an annoying tradition. Yeah, but the Yankees still play uh, New York, lose, New York, even they lose. Anyway, if they so. lose, they still play it. But Liza Minnelli sings it. Ah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But here's a little thing about next time you go to Yankee, if I decide that in in my golden heart as I try to pave my way to heaven, I decide to take Pappy to a ball game down in Yankee Stadium, I'm going to take you to the Yankee Tavern. I don't think I'd be able to walk in there. I'd probably catch on fire. Oh, yes, you would. Yeah. So I'm going to probably take a hard pass on that. Although, That's like when I used to walk into Casket no, no. Flagon. <laughs> Casket Flagon's nope. great. Casket uh, Not so, if you're a Yankee fan, is it? <laughs> but anyways, the Yankee Tavern is where Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig used to go um, after game for beers. And you th- if you think Stans is cool, Sean, you ought to go to the Yankee Tavern. It's just as it's just as great. Well, I'm gonna have to take you up on it. You're gonna have to take me there next year, hoping there's no work stoppage. So, Kevin, how, well, did, you, how did you become a Yankee it, fan? Well, listen, no, no, no. See, here, here's what the difference is. You are just like me, and I bet you never thought you'd ever hear me say that. I'm hoping that uh, that doesn't go too much further than that. <laughs> I'm just. We are you. both baseball fans. We just Absolutely. like different teams. That's and right. And there's a big. Big difference. Robbie wanted to know how you became a Yankee yeah, did fan. Yeah, did you grow up in Massachusetts or did you grow up in, in New York? Grew up in Great Barrington. Um, okay. But when I when I was growing up, the Red Sox were not on TV. Right, they're on picks. The, right, they're on picks, the Yankees, right. Yeah, it was, so you had the choice of either the picks or the Yankees, and or the picks or the Yankees or the Mets. And I'd rather watch the Red Sox before I watch the Mets. <laughs> I think anybody wants the Bad News Bears before they watch the Mets at this point. Same team. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Mets just traded they just traded Francisco Lindor for Timmy Lupus and Tanner Boyle, so <laughs> <laughs> Well they ought to put they ought to God rest his soul, they ought to hire Walter Matthau as the manager. <laughs> right, for crying out loud, Felix, what's going on here? The King Cole Ferransky <laughs> shift. <laughs> Hey, listen, I just wanted to call in. I think you guys do a great, great job Thanks, on your Kevin. show. Thanks, Kevin. And, tell and, people to um, listen. Tell, tell the station to give us more time. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? It is it is what it is. And of course. It, it's a nice, you, you know, it, it gets you thinking about different things. Oh, yeah. We're, we're enjoying it. Trust me on that one. Absolutely. So. Oh, there's, you know, it's almost as much fun as watching a sweep. You did that this weekend, didn't you, Sean? Did you watch a sweep this weekend? You better be careful when you lose in the one-game play-in. Wait, how Wait do you know the Red Sox are going to make the just because they're playing Baltimore? With Baltimore's out there, played spoiler. I'm just saying it's going to be Yankees Red Sox. I'm not going to say anything so. different because that's so. what no, it no, needs, no, that's no, what no, it no. needs Sean, to be. What what you're doing is you're assuming, and when you assume, you make a. <laughs> 
Do you have a Do you have a drop caller button over there by any chance? <laughs> hey, Kevin, I got a question for you though. With all the Yankees' sure. streakiness this season, what makes you think that they might go up to Toronto and play well against the Blue Jays, who they never play well against in Toronto, and perhaps they won't even score or hit the ball or get pitching tonight? I mean, Tyon's pitching tonight, coming back from a from an injury. Here's a great year: eight and six with a four point four one ERA. Wow! Thanks for signing Tyon. The two Tommy John surgeries. I mean, so well, what's your take on that? One of the thing. One of the things you got to take into account, and it's not just for the Yankees, is I, and I'll begin it by saying this: at the beginning of the season, even you'll admit, Sean, the Yankees had probably one of the better teams on paper. Of course, on paper for sure, absolutely on paper. But you can't factor in COVID injuries, right? Those things happen. COVID hit, COVID <laughs> hit the Red the Sox it, just as hard as it hit the Yankees. Hit me, if not harder. Yes. Yep. But the key, the key to coming through it is you got to have the players to fill in. And I'll tell you, the Yankees did. The Yankees, when they went through all that stuff, they they had um, you know other players rose, rose rose up to the occasion, and I don't think. You know, in the Red, and, and I'm saying this to give you crap. The Red Sox haven't done that. They've had to go and sign. You know, they signed Jose Iglesias, who got released by the Angels, who's actually been a spark plug for them. He's not going to be able to play in the postseason, but no, they didn't have the depth that the Yankees had in the minor leagues. There's no doubt about yep. that. And it's not money; it's depth. It's depth, and that's it, what it, it, that's what that's what uh, when you have a Dave Dombrowski ran franchise for a half a decade, he just. Uh, you know, filters out the farm system, trades a bunch of guys, you know, trades four top prospects to get two years of Craig Kimbrell, who drove me out of my mind. And, you know, he completely destroyed the farm system. And that's what our new GM, Chaim Bloom, is doing, is he's slowly rebuilding the system, which you have to have a farm system. You have to have depth. Oh, he and, will. Have, and, and they've had a lot of depth in the lower levels, but you have to have it at the higher levels, and they haven't. And they haven't yeah. drafted a pitching prospect since Clay Buckholz. That was the last time they had a homegrown starting pitcher. That's that's a yeah. problem. That's a problem. Well, the, the the other problem is is when you 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 know you trade the prospects away, and then the, and the, and you see what they could they could do. And I'll tell you, I got there's two players I would pick for the Yankees' most valuable player this season. You, you know who they are. I, I want you to take a guess. I want to see how baseball smart you are, Shawnee Boo. Well, I know already, but Sean, go ahead. Two most valuable players for the Yankees this year? There's two players that I would pick. I would make co-MVPs. Would Aaron Judge be one of them? Nope. Really? Wow. I'm, I'm surprised that was the first thing on my mind. Garrett Cole? Nope. All right, then you, you floored both of us here. Juan D. Rodriguez. No, I don't, <laughs> don't laugh. Um, Stanton, number Jonathan, one. How about Jonathan Loisica? I would, if he hadn't gotten injured, he would have been there. But my my pitching pick would be Nestor Cortez. Oh, he's been Absolutely. great. Absolutely, he's been great. That mustache drives me out of my mind. But no, the guy. The guy's because you can't grow one. You can grow a beard. Come he's on. what's he's what's he's what is lacking you in baseball. Reach puberty to craft before you can grow a beard. <laughs> yeah, you haven't gotten there yet, have you? Doesn't he wait? Doesn't wait, Kevin? Doesn't 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 Sean look like Alex Verdugo every time Verdugo takes the field? He goes, hey, wait, it's Cronin out there. What's he doing out playing the outfield? He's not swatting mosquitoes. What's going on here? You guys didn't know that I moonlighted as a Red Sox outfielder wearing the number ninety nine. Come on now. Well, first first of all. Um, You've never seen what's what's your co-host's name again, Sean? Robbie. Robbie, you have never seen me. If you saw me standing next to Sean, you know who you think of? Who? Doctor Evil and Mini Me. (laughs) Again, is there a drop call button here? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, I'll let you guys go. All right, thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. You're doing a great job, and I'll look forward to calling again. All right, thanks so much. Thanks for calling. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for calling, man. Take care. Take care, guys. All right, that's Kevin right there. And uh, we're just going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to wrap up this uh, portion and this episode of uh, WTBR Sports Talk right after these messages. Don't go away. How about this one? No, no, not that one. How about this one? Yes, play that one really loud. WTBR. WTBR FM is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. 
All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live, uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8, and if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Larry Kretka here from Nothing But Old 45s inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music I've ever recorded like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Klein, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM. Pittsfield Community Radio. WTBR-FM Pittsfield <laughs> Shut that commercial short <laughs> Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. We got about four minutes left. So, okay, so let's talk about the series upcoming. We got Toronto and the Yankees. We got Baltimore and the Red Sox. So the Red Sox play Baltimore what? Three times, and then they go to Washington for three. Right, Washington for three. Can I just say something really fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is so stupid that the Red Sox are going to Washington for the final three games. Wouldn't you think you'd want divisional matchups for the final three and to send an American League club to a National League park so they have to have the pitchers hit? Right, for the final right. three games, that I mean, sense. you're taking Absolutely. a chance of guys getting hurt. American League pitchers don't hit all year. I just think you would think you'd want the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Rays and the Blue Jays to all be playing each other. Baltimore, they haven't been relevant in, in what, a decade almost? But you think you'd want those four teams to be playing each other exclusively the last right. what, six, ten games of the year? Exactly. There's a reason they make them play 19 times against each other every year. So. I don't know. I just think I just think it's ridiculous. Uh, Baltimore has been, you know, a, a, a welcome mat for beatdowns, but watch them take two out of three from the Red Sox, or watch them sweep the Red Sox like they did opening is week May, of is, the year. Is, is there is there is Maine pitching their their number one guy? Means. means I, I mean, means. Why don't I say Maine? Prob- probably, but hey, how about Cedric Mullins? What a year he's had. For oh, he's the, been Thirty thirty. Terrific player. Young, really young. They have some good young players. Malcastle's good. He's good. They'll trade him before they, you know, uh, before they get to arbitration. Though, I don't that's what the Orioles but do. See, I don't understand. Years ago, I grew up, you know, in the 70s and 80s, and the Orioles were pretty good teams. I remember the Orioles beating the Yankees all the time. You know, it's funny, Kenny Singleton is, you know, commentator for the Yankees, and I remember Kenny Singleton killing the Yankees, you know, when I was a kid, and Paul Blair and all these great, Boo Powell and, you know, Bobby Gritch and all these guys I watched. And then Eddie Murray. And and Eddie Murray, yeah, and all these guys I watched. And yet, I don't understand what is with the ownership. Why can't they spend any money? It's not like they don't have a guy who owns the team who's a, you know who's not a rich guy. It's just absolutely ridiculous to me. I mean, put a competitive team on there. You know, we talked about uh, the you know the, the salary cap issues that there is no salary cap because the union's so strong. But then you take teams like Tampa Bay and other small market teams who who know how to find success. So maybe it's not all about money. It's about resources and so forth. And it's really about the ownership giving a hoot about actually wanting to win and actually wanting to please the fans to come out and see the ball, ball team. So that's it, I find it just ridiculous. So they, they have two players in the minor leagues. Uh, Adley Rutschman, the catcher, who uh, tore up double and triple A this year. He's hitting like 346, the tune of 346 batting average in triple A, but they didn't call him up. Uh, service time. And then they have this pitcher, Grayson Moore, I believe his name is, a lefty who supposedly has high 90s fastball as a starter who's ready, major league ready, and they didn't call him up because of service time. 
I am so sick and tired of the words service time. And they manipulate contracts. Remember with Chris Bryant a yes, few years ago with yes. the Cubs where they waited two weeks to call him up so they get the extra year? Right. That, that's a problem, and I think that there may be a work stoppage because of things like that. You know, you went back to the three batter rule before as we're finishing up. You know, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for that rule being existing, I'm going back to the 1996 series. They, you know, Graham Lloyd never comes in and never faces Ryan Klesko for one batter. I Graham mean, that, Lloyd. Yeah, Graham, remember Graham Lloyd, the oh, man yeah. from down under in Australia. But that's seriously though, that's a big problem for me. I hate that rule. I, I agree with you 100. percent I mean, the pitching changes are important when when a manager needs to take a, a guy out and put a left-handed specialist. That's really important. So I understand where your buddy in Florida is coming from with the four and a half hour games. But baseball is a game of tradition. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. The only, if you want to change the rule, make a pitching clock. Have a pitching clock. 30 seconds. That's right, it. Right. Other than that, leave the game alone. I agree. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up this edition of WTBR Sports Talk. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the calls right here on 89.7. We'll be back next Tuesday to discuss what's going on and who's going to be in the wild card. And then, obviously, we got some football and everything. So, thanks for tuning in. For Sean Cronin and Robbie Zucker saying so long. We'll see you next week right here on WTBR Sports Talk. See ya!